0: Let me tell you about uh, Relief Factor. Relief Factor is, uh, quite honestly, the reason why I could get up on the stage today and give that speech, um, because I am not in the kind of pain that I used to be in, and that's because I have a 100% drug-free uh, four key ingredient miracle that helps my body fight against inflation, and it'll do the same for you. If you're in pain, the thing to do is uh, look for relief factor. You go to relieffactor.com, you take it for uh, three weeks, and if it works, you're out of pain or greatly reduced pain. If it uh, doesn't work, you stop taking it. That's it. It's $20 to get your life back. I'd suggest you take it. The seventy percent of the people who try it come back month after month after month and buy more because it works. it's relieffactor.com relieffactor.com. Just live little... from CPAC yep. Mac with a show in a minute yep, a couple seconds away we'll uh, we'll
1: get back to you with a lot of a lot of news updates breaking obviously a lot of big things going on and uh, we'll get to all that plus Bill O'Reilly a bunch of updates today uh, back in just a second here on the radio program.
2: of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Well, hello, you sick freak. Welcome to the program from CPAC in Washington, D.C. Uh, it is an interesting, interesting day to be alive in America when you're at a conservative movement and what you have to talk about and what everyone is talking about is capitalism being on the ropes, and socialism being seriously considered by those in Congress and the Senate and those vying for the White House. We begin from Washington, D.C. in one minute.
2: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: So when I traveled to our D.C. studios, uh, like I did last time, I sat in that chair in, in D.C. for three hours, and I could barely walk, so I've ordered an next chair and unfortunately, the X Chair is at the studio, not at CPAC. But at least it's there. When you have a bad back, when you're just sitting in a chair for your whole day, you know, man, it's so uncomfortable. There is not a better chair than X Chair. I want you to go to xchairbeck.com. You can try it out for 30 days, risk free. If I'm wrong, send it back no questions asked but i'm telling you it's the most comfortable chair i have sat in i think it's as comfortable as a recliner xchairbeck.com go there now xchairbeck.com use the promo code beck and you're also going to get a free foot rest at xchairbeck.com all right glenn is uh down in
1: cpac right now
0: uh glenn are you with us I am Stu. Mm. Thank you so much. I'm very titillated you by the fact here. you're here.
1: Oh, I oh, yeah. I wish I was there too. I really do. <laughs> do I, you? Mm. Actually,
0: it's good to be here because the 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 crowd is is very young, dynamic, and I think wide awake. I uh, you know it was interesting. You know, I've never <laughs> I've never had to start a conference before and uh, walk out where everybody's like. I can't believe I have to get up this early for this <laughs> conference, um, but people are here because they know the country is in real trouble. They they feel it, and uh, the theme today, unbeknownst to me, is is socialism. That's what the CPAC started out with uh, in this uh, this opening video about about socialism and how socialism is coming and and what Ronald Reagan said about it and. Uh, and that's what my speech was about. Did you get a chance to see it? I did. Uh, it seemed like it went uh, went really well, it was well-received. Uh, you went through
1: a bunch of—I mean, we're going to play a little bit of it uh, coming up later in the program. Uh, but you, you really okay. went into to socialism. And, you know, one of the things you've talked about for a long time is this sort of conversion of the left from people who deny they're socialists and say you're a racist for calling them socialists and that conversion to taking the mask off and saying, you know what? Capitalism doesn't work. I am a socialist. I'm proud of it. I'm not denying it anymore. Here we are. And, I mean, that's America today. That is what we're seeing with the Democratic Party.
0: Yeah, I remember saying that while I was on Fox. I remember saying there's going to come a time when they're going to take the mask off because they want to tell you. They want, they're dying to tell you that capitalism doesn't work, you cretin. Uh, and, And really, if exactly what I had in my mind... Is exactly Ocasio-Cortez and what she what she said I think was on 60 minutes where she's like yeah I'm a socialist you know because this isn't working this isn't working so if I guess being for you know a better system and justice and fairness uh, you know if that's what that that's a socialist then yeah I'm a socialist exactly what I thought that they would start to say and now they're saying it in droves but as I pointed out in the speech capitalism Capitalism is about justice and fairness. Uh, socialism is about equality. Now, equality sounds nice. We're all for equality, but therefore, equality of outcome. And equality of outcome does not exist in nature. It's not like all lions are created equal. No, some lions kill and eat other lions. Um, it, it is unnatural. You got to remember, we. The, the progressives and socialists try to take man uh, and and perfect him into a god. Because they don't believe in god, they have to uh, perfect man. And man can be a god. Government can be a god. And that's just not true. Our founders understood we're not gods. We're the farthest thing from it. We're animals. And there's a natural instinct in us. And so the systems that work are the ones that try to protect equal uh, uh justice not equal outcome and and what what's happened is we have social justice and equal outcomes well that's not going to do anything but provide misery just it, misery yeah and, and I, we're seeing it and you talked about any socialism as i said mm-hmm. uh today socialism mm-hmm. works it does i know everybody says it doesn't but it does it does exactly what it is uh, <laughs> designed to do and you can see it in Venezuela, what does socialism always do? It takes those who are the ranchers, who know better than everybody else, and it puts them in charge of the farm or the ranch. It gives them all of the benefits. They create fences because the cattle and the sheep, they're just they're just too stupid. They're going to hurt themselves and I know what's best. And so they will they will milk the cows and slaughter the sheep. And get richer and richer, take all of the benefits and keep all that cattle just breeding, just consuming so they can live off that fatted calf. And, and then what? If there is a bull or a cow or a sheep that just will not remain in the fence, they got to kill that one. They got to slaughter it. If it won't play by the rules, if it doesn't understand that the rancher is in charge, they got to get rid of it. And meanwhile, what is socialism doing for the elite? Right now, uh, Maduro is taking gold and shipping it. Another eight tons of Venezuelan gold has been shipped away. For who? For who? For him. And Chavez, his daughter is a multimillionaire. How? What did she do besides being the, the daughter of the, the leader of Venezuela that raped the country? So all it does... It, it accomplishes everything that it is set out to do. Make the elite rich and in control, control the masses, and let them all be equal, equally miserable, equally poor, and eventually equally dead.
1: Mm. Uh, you, you mentioned something. You kind of described this in a way I hadn't heard you uh, describe it before with socialism and this idea of equality and how socialism targets equality. Uh, you know but it makes us all equally poor you mentioned holding up the socialist yardstick to measure um, uh, measure capitalism and how we've kind of given in to that over over time we've given in to this idea that we're supposed to say well well yes we swear it will make you equal eventually when that's not really the idea of what capitalism supposed
0: to provide at the end right it, it, it's We say, you know, capitalism creates inequality. Yes. Yes. And it's time to just say it. Yes, it does. And that's a good thing. Inequality of outcome, because if if you try to use the socialist measuring stick, which, by the way, has no numbers on it, I'd like to say (laughs) that it's a metric uh, uh, measuring stick, but it's not even that there. There's no measuring stick. This system has never worked as they described. It's never been implemented. It doesn't exist, nor can or will it ever exist. It's like measuring things against a fantasy unicorn. Well, your horse can't do what my unicorn does. Well, where's, where's your unicorn? Well, I'm, I'm going to get it in a minute. <laughs> if, you, if I could just get your horse out of the way, maybe I could find my unicorn. You can't unicorns don't exist. And so we're comparing our horses if you will to their unicorn which doesn't exist. Why are we playing this game? Yeah, why are we why are we why are we comparing ourselves to a system that is a fantasy? Mm-hmm. I'll compare this system to Venezuela, I'll compare this system to Russia, I'll compare our system to Cuba, but what they'll say is, well that's not really. I mean, they didn't do it right okay show me where they did it right Sweden that's not socialism that's a capitalist system with a giant welfare state that's what that is so again give me the socialist utopia that I can compare it to you can't produce one because it's a unicorn no I mean you,
1: you can everyone can sit here and say let's measure this against the perfect thing the only fair thing to compare American capitalism is uh, to is every other nation in the history of the earth. Uh, and exactly right. if you do that, uh, American capitalism looks pretty damn
0: sweet. When you when you look, uh, Stu, and we've talked about this before. When you look at uh, the the actual stats, that because of the free market system, because of the free market, we now have um, uh, fewer children dying before the age of five than ever before. In fact, the death of children under the age of five has dropped by half since 1990. Now, what caused that? Sweden? <laughs> or the American and free market ingenuity that Americans and the American system has unleashed? When when you look at everybody, you don't hear that stat. You don't hear that people are living much longer Much healthier all around the world. You don't hear that capitalism has, yes, made the more, the world more unequal because we have lifted billions of people out of poverty. And there are still people in poverty and there are more rich people than ever before. But we can work on the people in poverty. Why tear down the rich? When you, when you know that 70% of the people believe healthcare and poverty has gotten worse. But just because of the life-saving improvements that have happened just in the last two decades, it is the equivalent of averting 27 major plane crashes full of children every single day. Mm. Mm. Why, why, are we, why, is, why are we focused on the plane crash? Because there's no bad news in, in the free market. When you look at it and step back... When you're looking at, well, look at this. This is a problem. Yeah, yeah, he's got a bad hangnail. Yeah, he might have even a broken foot. America and capitalism has lost its moorings for sure. But it it is still the best system. And if we would just recognize that and come back to our center, the whole world changes. We'll do some more here in just a minute. a leading social media company is going to end a market research program and proactively take its VPN app off app stores. This is happening now in the wake of backlash from critics related to, you know, no big deal. It's just how that VPN app collected device usage data. This is why you need Norton Secure VPN, because Norton is the easy to use, and virtual private network app that encrypts your connections. It's password protected. It's for public Wi-Fi. It's for everything. So your information, when you send and you receive while online, it's safe from cyber criminals, including other places that have VPNs. Norton Secure VPN. Get it right now at norton.com/vpn. Protection starts at about 3.33 a month with an annual subscription. It's norton.com/vpn. We've got Lawrence Jones, who just uh, popped in, <laughs> nice! who's now with the Fox News Channel. So He's a big wig. I'm surprised he even stops by to see our, his old friends. His old friends he's left Their behind. Old
3: mentor. Yeah. How good. are you, buddy? I'm good. Good. Can't You're, you're speaking today at 3 o'clock? 3.30. We'll talk about what's happening on the college campus and how it's affecting culture today. Um, for so long, conservatives did not take what was happening on the college campus seriously. They thought Bernie was just a crazy guy. Well... Bernie went with new supporters, and it's not just AOC, it's the Presleys of the world, the Rasheeps, um, so we should take it seriously. So are, are people on college campuses, are they starting to wake up at all, or is it just getting worse and worse? No, we've already lost the battle on the college campuses. It's too late as far as that, but we can win the war, and that means... Uh the new kids that are going into college campuses, we're catching them before they get indoctrinated on that campus. And that means having a presence. Um, that means that have a parents presence where well in the home. You know, uh, mm. so many people don't leave with a foundation, and that's why when they get into the college campuses, they're able to be indoctrinated. Um, and so we got to have a force on the college campuses, but the parents that are listening to this program have to do their job as well. Tell them about the Constitution because there is a rise of socialism, and they, it's the nice thing.
0: It's not the nice thing. Does 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 AOC? connect with them because they're not thinking, I mean, I watch, Mm -hmm. I watch Ocasio-Cortez, I'm sure you do too, and you think, she is dumb as a box of
3: rocks at times. Well, I think this, what people miss with AOC, and I've been to a district and talked with people, is that there is a certain Trump effect when it comes to AOC. Um, I remember when he was first running, uh, a lot of conservatives on our side and libertarians said what he's saying is absolutely insane. But the ability to connect with people and how they feel, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we discount that. Mm -hmm. Um, As conservatives and libertarians, we're all about the facts and figures. So like Trump, you should take AOC seriously, but not literally. Not literally. That's exactly
0: right. Except in her case, maybe it's because she's softening it too much. I
3: mean, I've seen her in committee meetings where she opens up a can of whoop, you know what. Um, So I think it's there. I think that she does. But I do think she is talking to people's hearts within her district and a rise in America where they believe that our current system that uh, runs on capitalism doesn't work. And so she's talking to those people. She's not talking to the logical people like me and you that operate based on facts and figures and numbers. She's talking to people's heart and how they feel. So how do you fight that? Well, you fight that by becoming better storytellers, and I, and it's been my criticism whether it's conservative reaching black folks in the community yeah. or young people in the community. You can't just talk in uh, theories and. You know, you know, doesn't, uh, Thomas Soul. You have to be able to connect with people, but, and we we lack in that.
0: But doesn't Donald Trump do that? I mean, he's making real progress in the black community, isn't he? Well,
3: I don't think so. You don't think? No, so? I, I don't think so. I think there's a lot of black people that like Donald Trump, um, but as as far as um, getting black people on the rise to vote for him, it's not happening. Um, I, I know people have cited different polls and figures, but I'm there. I go and talk to my community. And although they say I agree with him on some things, he's not there in the community, but so they're never going to vote for anybody he, like that.
0: Hasn't he changed? I mean, lowest two percent.
3: Yeah, you know, like a, a, a rise in two percent of the vote. I, I'm not looking. No, 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 at, no I'm know? saying,
0: I'm saying, hasn't he? Hasn't he, in some ways, transformed the unemployment for the African American? So they don't see that.
3: Well. The, the, the best analogy that I can use is a single parent, right? To the black community, um, the Democratic Party is the single mom, right? And she's doing the best that she can, whereas the, the dad is saying, look, I'm, I'm doing all of this. I'm sending my child support. I'm buying you all the clothes. I'm financially providing for you. Hey, look at me. But he's not spending time with them. And so all the black people see is the single mom and saying, Well, she's not the best mother, but at least she's there. And so uh, that is the connection when it comes to Do you think them. he could connect? Oh, a hundred percent. He's done it his whole life. He can connect. He's around black people. How many lyrics have you listened? listen, I know you don't listen to hip hop, but I'm I don't, <laughs> no I but, shockingly, uh, shockingly, are accurate on songs that. that you hear. Donald Trump. Everybody, all the pictures are from Sharpton to Jackson. All of them have taken pictures of him because everybody wanted to be like Trump because he was the dream for a lot of black people of being a billionaire. Right when he became a Republican and he stopped connecting in the way that he knew how to do, it his whole life is when there became a problem. Um, I still think he can do it. If he So what would you the if you had away,
0: if you had his ear for 5 minutes what would you tell him to do?
3: Well, I'll tell him just like I told him before in the White House before, go to the community. Have rallies there. You already have reached the people in flyover country. Go have rallies so the, in the community. But and talk about I economic tell development. You, I
0: could tell you that that would scare the hell out of me if I were him. Because I know the lock on the inner cities that Democrats have—that they would bust, they would know exactly what, and they would bust people in and get people from all of. They've done it to me. I know they've done it to me, where they've bust people in from another state to protest and to cause trouble. You don't think they do that for somebody? The president
3: would. But the president would make inroads. I think that's the biggest problem with the Republican Party and the movement at large is that we're so afraid of rejection and what happens when we go into different communities. So do we not go? What if Jesus would have had that mentality? No, I, know, that I know, mentality, that. You know. I know that. I know that.
0: It's just that, well, I guess Jesus wasn't playing, playing uh, you know, with people who were fair either. Right, <laughs> I mean, they, right. they were up killing himself. Right, so.
3: exactly. Yeah. Uh but I think there's real progress can be made because let's be honest, Donald Trump doesn't talk the actual the typical conservative language. That's not how he talks. And so there is a way that he can connect. When I go to my barbershop back home, they love Donald Trump. They disagree with him on something. They think he says crazy things. But at large, they like him.
0: And that won't transfer into votes.
3: I think it will. But he has to go. You got to ask for it. You can't just say, "What do you have to lose?" I'm sorry, that's a bad strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just say, "Oh, you're on a Democratic plantation." Sorry, that's a bad strategy. Yeah, insult me and then ask me for my vote. You got to be there. That's all they got to do.
0: I am so glad to see you. You have grown so much, and uh, you know, I, I always hate to lose people who are talented from the nest. but <laughs> Man, you you are flying, and it's it, great. Brother. It is great. All to that see
3: mentorship him. for oh, four shush. years.
0: You were great.
3: He used to chew me out, guys. I, I'm sure you guys have seen episodes <laughs> of his. Like, <laughs> get it together.
0: You're great. You're great. You're getting better every day. Thank you, Lawrence. So great to see yes, you. Thanks, Thank bro. you. We're uh, from CPAC. I want to introduce you to somebody that you have uh, never met before. Probably may have never heard of before. Um, he is uh, somebody who uh, you need to meet next. Also, John Lott is going to be coming by because there's a lot of stuff happening with guns. We'll tell you about that coming up. You remember the good old days when all you needed was one simple password? Yeah, half the time I don't even know how to get into my iPad. I, uh, hey, good, I've been logged out somehow or another on Instagram. What's my password? I hate passwords, and now they're saying that if you don't have a password that has at least 20 random mixed characters, here's what you can do. Yes, you're going to have to change your password, but you can protect yourself also, make it a little more difficult by having LifeLock. LifeLock is the group that has been around forever. They practically invented this industry to make sure that no one could steal your identity or any of the information that you have going on online. Now, nobody can protect all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock uncovers the threats that you might miss on your own. If you join today, you're going to save 10% off your your first year by using promo code back call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com and use the promo code back and get 10% off all
1: right blaze tv.com slash beck is the place to go to sign up for the blaze you can see the show every single day use the promo code back and save 10 bucks all right glenn is uh, live at cpac i'm not sure if glenn is hearing us at the moment glenn are you are
0: you there yeah jeez yeah, uh, you there? With we're live. Okay. Oh, okay, we're back at CPAC, and uh, we just—I've just, caused a mess here. I've caused a mess. I have—I have to introduce you to somebody who is remarkable. Uh, his name is uh, Phoenix Leg, and uh, Phoenix just said to me, "You—you you used to have a show on Fox, right?" And I said, "Yes." And he said, uh, "What?" I
2: wasn't in politics long
0: spot. I am now. <laughs> yeah, you are now. How old are you now? You're 11 years old. You came up to me uh, dressed in a suit and a, and a hat and a microphone, and you said, excuse me, Mr. Beck, I'd like to see if I could get some time to do an interview with you. Uh, and uh, and you have you've you've interviewed the president. We're not hearing him, Glenn. Just yes. Yeah. It. Hang on. We're not we're not hearing him at all. Can you hear him now? Say that again.
4: I haven't got to meet the president, go. but interviewing him, or I've gotten to meet the president, but getting an interview with him is my goal. So. Is
0: your goal? Okay, all right. So, uh, what 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 do you what do you do for a living?
4: Um, I don't make anything, but yeah. to me, my living is joy. So I do this. I report.
0: You report on politics uh, on politics, and you post it online.
4: Uh, I post it on my blog, which is
0: phoenixrisinginamerica dot com. america dot com. Okay, so let's do this interview. Go ahead. Yeah.
4: So, first of all, thank you for your time. You're welcome. Um, so, how long have you been reporting? Uh,
0: I have been in media since I was two years older than you are, eleven. So you're you have a head start on me.
4: So, I didn't know that actually. Yet. Someone asked, why were you interested then?
0: Um, uh, because I didn't want to work, and I thought this was an easy job. Either that, or either that, or I was a fan of old radio and people who had done really amazing things on radio. And I had listened to somebody called Orson Welles. He did War of the Worlds, and it painted all kinds of pictures. And I love the power of the spoken word.
4: So, what would your advice be for somebody like me, who is young and likes, you know, to be a reporter or in the media?
0: So you want to be a reporter? Yes, sir. Okay first thing i would do is say dad don't let him become a reporter um the first thing you have to do is seek truth and know that you will never find it you will it will always the once you think you know it if you're smart you'll realize no i may know that but now that's opened up all these other doors that i really don't know the answer to that and so you have to you have to dedicate your life to constant learning you have to be interested in reading and learning about everything you have to somebody gave me the advice once on charity he said you can't care just about cancer you can't care just about homelessness you have to care about all of it because it's the human condition so you need to read history and and dedicate your life to seeking the truth
4: from your past experience What was the most, you know, what did you take away from all your experience in media?
0: Uh, That uh, most people are not curious. Most people are afraid. Most people uh, uh, will sell out for a comfortable lifestyle.
4: And why did you start The Blaze?
0: Because I I felt uh, an independent voice... Uh, needs to exist because these giant corporate monoliths uh, have too many gates that you have to pass through before your voice could be heard and voices like yours need to be heard
4: and what would you tell your viewers about what you do not a reporter but all your viewers
0: I don't understand the question. How do you mean?
4: Like, what do you have to say to your viewers about you know what you do? What is that your? That they have.
0: In? They are on the same page, hopefully, and they are helping us build a a a wallless uh, journalistic experience that everyone can uh, be involved.
4: Well, I'm going to give you my signature question. Okay. And that is, what do you think kids my age can do to help unite our country?
0: Study, study, study. Um, learn history. Um, go and learn from original sources. Don't take anybody's, uh, word for it. Don't trust anybody when they say, Hey, trust me on that. That's true. Don't trust them on that. It might be true, but find out for yourself. Uh, and, uh, be kinder to everyone. Don't, uh, don't harden yourself into one position to where you are looking down your nose at others with the other position. Does that sound good?
4: Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.
0: Phoenix, you're the greatest. Thank you so much. Dad, I don't know what you're doing, but congratulations on that. His dad, Max, uh, or Matt. Where is uh, John Lott? Let me bring John Lott in. John is here. Um, thank you, Phoenix. John, come on in. John is probably the leading expert on uh, weapons and guns and uh, and all the stats off the top of his head. John, it's been a disturbing uh, it's been a disturbing, really week with what's just passed in Congress, Right. Uh, with HR eight and I think it's HR eleven, twelve. Um, but this is just the beginning, isn't it?
5: Right. Well, I mean, these are just ways to make it very costly for law-abiding citizens to be able to own guns and to deny it. And it's going to make people less safe. I mean. We're here in Washington DC. It costs $125 to privately transfer a gun in Washington DC. That yeah. may not stop you or I from being able to go and do right. it. But they're poor people, the very people that my research indicates benefit the most, who are most likely to be victims of violent crime, poor minorities who live yes. in high crime urban yes. areas. It may be great if the police were there all the time, but they're not. And if and the system that they have, we keep on hearing this week that there have been three and a half million dangerous, prohibited people that have been stopped from buying guns Mm -hmm. because of background checks. That's Mm -hmm. simply not true. What they should say is there have been 3.5 million initial denial, and that something around 99% of those are mistakes. Wow. And and the thing is, it primarily hurts minorities. So,
0: so here's what I'm concerned about, because I think all of those are valid, but I think they're doing this. And at the same time, they're taking a backdoor by going in through the financial system and telling Citibank and others, don't do business with gun manufacturers or gun stores. Right. If they close down and say, you have to transfer at a, at a gun store and then make it impossible for gun stores to operate. Right. How how are you ever going to be able to obtain a gun, sell a gun, buy anything?
5: No, I mean I agree. Uh, There's many fasted ways that they're trying to make it costly for people, particularly poor people, to be able to go and get guns to own. And And it's also, I think, a step towards registration that they're going to be setting up. Where, if you know, right now the bills that they have say that they can't put together a registration list, but. The dealers have to keep records of all the transfers as well as the sales that they make. Five years or six years from now, if Democrats have control of Congress and the presidency, they could change the law that says all those records that you digitize send into the federal government and they well, have an was... instant national registration. That
0: is exactly what happened. For law the...
5: abiding people, yeah, anyway.
0: That's what happened in the Weimar Republic.
5: Well, we've already seen California and New York and Connecticut and Chicago places where they've used registration lists that they've already had in order to demand that people turn in guns right. that they had in those places so it's you know I look I unfortunately I've come to the belief that they really don't want people to own guns and no. you can see this in lots of ways uh socialists
0: should, never do Venezuela lost their rights to a gun in two thousand twelve.
5: Right. And you can see what happened to crime rates afterwards. Yeah. And of course now people aren't able to defend themselves against the government that's there. But I'll give you a couple examples. Uh a few years ago when Colorado was passing its background checks on private transfers, I got a call from some state legislators asking me what amendment I would put up. And my suggestion was to put up an amendment that would exempt people below the poverty level from having to pay the new state tax on transferring guns you think that would be a no-brainer but with the exception of two pro-gun democrats in the state house every other democrat voted against exempting people below the poverty level from paying the new state tax how many taxes can you think of where democrats will fight tooth and nail against exempting people below the poverty mm-hmm. level from having to pay none uh, look at the bill that they just passed you have to do a background check on each gun that's transferred let's say i leave somebody ten guns Rather than just paying one $25 background check and do it all in one lump moment right. there, they make you have to spend 10 times that. You'd have to spend, like, if you're doing a transfer in D.C., you'd have to spend $1,250. What's That's the point? craziness. What's, what's the point of counting a separate background check on each gun? You're doing it on the individual. Not the... Right. And so... You know, it's just all these little things, when you read through there, they, it's pretty clear that they're just trying to make it costly. Look, it,
0: do you think, John, the the, the the mask has come off of the progressives on um, on socialism? You know, and I said socialism, you know, the people in the White House are socialists. I was called a racist. And I said at that time, there's going to come a time where they'll take the mask off and say, you damn right I'm a socialist because this doesn't work. Do you think we're close to the time when when socialists now in the Democratic Party will stand up and say, "You damn right, I'm trying to take your gun because guns are dangerous and it won't work."
5: Right. Well, I mean, you go and you talk to these people and you you say every law that they have makes it more costly, and there's like no end to the number of laws that they Correct. would be willing to push for this, and. Um, you know, you have things like red flag laws that are getting passed, uh, I don't know, it's like 14 states now that have these laws. It's kind of like the old movie Minority Report, the Tom Cruise movie, where they're trying to predict whether somebody's going to commit a crime. Yeah. But it's, they don't even list in many of these laws specific things. They just It's kind of like the old definition of pornography. I'll know it when I see it. And so you can have... A neighbor or a friend or a relative or somebody else go and lodge a complaint, and without any experts, without just simply on the basis of somebody feels that you might possibly be a danger, the judge can go and take away your guns for up to 21 days, depending upon the state. And all they have to do is meet what's called reasonable cause or probable cause, which reasonable cause is just a little bit more than a hunch that you yeah, would have it in yeah. terms of a standard or they can take away your gun for a year after a hearing but it used to be that you'd have to have some experts in yes, there yes. and now it's just kind of feelings yeah. that people have whether or not I predict and I was on uh, a panel for uh uniform state laws they were considering putting together a model law for this and they'd have people who are running these laws in different states come in and I was saying well so how do you predict whether somebody's gonna go and commit a crime and they'll say well we look at their past criminal history and I say Well, you already have laws on that if you're a felon even if it's a non-violent right. felon, you lose your right to have a gun what they do is they don't want to have specific things they want to say well if you're arrested but not convicted or a complaint but not even arrest yeah and they they want to make it so you don't even have to have an adjudica- adjudication that you were guilty of something before they can take away
0: uh, your guns, John. Thank you for everything that you do. You, uh, thank you for everything you've done. You've you were instrumental in the book uh, Control, uh, and, uh, and well, it's
5: because you're out there and you're able to get this type of information I out know. to people. That's so and you important. have it
0: all in your head. Well, I just thank feel you.
5: so frustrated because there's so many of these rules that I don't think. Even a lot of the congressmen that are voting on this understand the implications
0: for these laws. I agree. John, thank you so much. Thank you very much. You bet. Uh, We'll talk again. Uh, In fact, we've got to do another special on guns, uh, and John will be the first uh, that we'll need to invite. Okay, back in just a minute. You know, I'm having a hard time saying... You know, uh, things like I believe in the future. <laughs> uh, but there are times that I can say, I believe in the future and it's going to be bright and it's going to be wonderful and it's going to be peaceful. I still believe in cryptocurrencies and blockchain. If you don't know how they work or why even the pessimists believe in the future because of blockchain and cryptocurrencies, then you need to take a course that we had specially designed for you with Tika Tawari. It's called SmartCryptoCourse.com. You don't have to invest in it, but you do have to know what these things are. If you if you miss what cryptocurrencies are and how blockchain is going to change our world, you're going to be that old timer that just yells at clouds, hey, we'll get that cloud out of the sky. Take our Smart Crypto course today at SmartCryptoCourse.com or call 877-PBL-BECK. SmartCryptoCourse.com, 877-PBL-BECK.
2: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Live from CPAC, this is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, Stu, uh, we have a couple of programming uh, changes. Uh, first of all, I can't wait to talk to Bill O'Reilly. Uh, Bill has oh, the woke change. nightmare. I know. Yeah. Well, yet we need to talk to him about his article called The w- Woke Nightmare, where he is talking about how socialism is uh, coming and uh, you need to shut up and sit down. Uh, and now they're looking into reparations for slavery. So we have to talk about that. Also, if Bill wouldn't mind vacating the stage a little early, uh, we have Ted Cruz uh, and we can talk to Ted Cruz at the bottom of next hour. So and I'm going to go um, see the uh, vice president in between. So maybe you can take a little bit of. Bill O'Reilly and then uh, I'll come back talk about the vice president and then uh, and then we'll we'll do some uh, Ted Cruz as well. Okay. Uh, Sound like a plan? Yeah,
1: sure. Uh, whatever you need. I know you're uh, it's pretty hectic there. Uh, there's a lot of action. Nuts. You're kind of sitting in the middle yeah.
0: of everything uh, there broadcasting. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and kind of getting the every time I look out I kind of get the eye of somebody like, "Hey, I got to talk to you." <laughs> I'm like I'm on. I'm on the radio right now. Otherwise, we'll talk later. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's actually dynamic here. It, it actually feels really good uh, here. Um, the the crowd is young and focused, and I think they're focused on the right things. Uh, there, people seem to be concerned about the actual loss of, of rights. And uh, they're not living in this fantasy world of everything's great. Mm. Everything's great. Well, which, you know, it is good on many fronts. But, I mean, we could lose this in in the next 18 months. Well, I'm glad to
1: hear that, especially with the news that Jay Inslee is running for president. Uh, because now when he's in the race at work, I mean, we really it's need over. our energy going. Because oh, uh, any
0: moment, Jay Inslee could take over the... Hey, in- you know, Inslee, I... Over the world. Wow, I... What's his slogan? Um, who who is Jay Ginsley? In- is it? yeah. That is. Sl- well, that's what people yeah. say. That's what they say. His slogan is it's what they say to him all
1: the time. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. And you are.
2: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
1: We uh, talk to you uh, every uh, every uh, every, uh, every uh, day and about different sponsors yeah. that we have, including Patriot Mobile. And why do we do that? Well, because. Yeah, it's a lot of reasons. It's not just uh, something where we pick a company and we do commercials for them. It's also about picking companies that we're aligned with and that we believe in. And Patriot Mobile is one of them. They've, they basically stake their whole company on the idea that maybe conservatives should be represented too. And you know, Glenn's at CPAC right now. I mean, uh, you nah. know, you know, what do you think, Glenn? Like, you think that's nah.
0: possible? No, no. It's only half the country. Right. We should round them up and gas them. And then we can just have abortions even at, uh, you know, 70, 72, 72nd trimester. Right. I mean, why not? Why wow. not? Sounds completely legitimate. The, the thing with Patriot Mobile is I met with these guys and they started it because they believe in the same things that you believe. And they take some of their profits and they give it just like right now. I, I can't remember. It's at and uh, One of their uh, board members actually on the board of La Raza. Well, what do you think they're doing with their extra money? They're not giving them to things that you believe in. It's going to Planned Parenthood. Stop giving them money. Get the same service at a a better price and do business with people who believe in the same thing. It's PatriotMobile.com slash The Blaze. Join now. PatriotMobile.com slash The Blaze. Bill O'Reilly is coming up next.
2: of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: It is a little bit of uh, controlled chaos uh, here in Washington, D.C. at CPAC. The uh, Vice President is going to be speaking here in just a few minutes. uh, And Bill O'Reilly is here also. We hope to have Ted Cruz coming by in uh, about a half an hour from now. Uh, Bill O'Reilly has just written a great, great piece about the progressives and the socialists and what their next plan is yes reparations the madness continues and bill o'reilly talks about it in one minute
2: this is the glenn beck program
0: You know, we all insure our homes and our cars, and we have life insurance, and hopefully we're saving for retirement. We're preparing for the unknown. We're providing ourselves with peace of mind. That is why I also have extended vehicle protection from CarShield. Shield Shield will make the process of fixing your car for a covered repair really super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's your choice. They pay them. You don't have to wait around for a check. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free free. So if your car has 5,000 miles, 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean that you have to pay high repair bills. CarShield's administrators have already paid out close to $2 billion in claims and they're ready to help you. Get covered by the ultimate extended vehicle protection with CarShield.com. Call 1-800-CAR-6000. That's 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention the promo code BEC or visit CarShield.com. Promo code BEC. That's CarShield.com. Promo code BEC or one 800 car 6000. I... I love this from Bill O'Reilly, The Woke Nightmare. The media loves them, and Colin Kaepernick would play for them if he could. They're out of the closet and in your face. They're on the march determined to change America into a bright, shining beacon of socialism where white men are guilty and everyone else is a victim. And he goes into reparations for everybody. Let's welcome to the program Bill O'Reilly. Hello, Bill. Back. you're in D.C., huh? I am in D.C. I gave a speech at CPAC uh, earlier this morning about socialism. And I I can't believe, Bill, where we are. I I made a list uh, yesterday on the air of all of the things that these socialists and and Nancy Pelosi and the, the, the people who are running for president. I can't think of something that they haven't wholeheartedly embraced that America's, uh, America has never been for, with reparations being the latest.
6: Yeah, because the media used to criticize people who were loons, and now it doesn't. So you can, that's why I said they're out of their closet and in your face, so, because they don't, um, if you are an extremist, and certainly the progressive movement has gotten to that territory, Ten years ago, a you would have been but not anymore. Yeah. So they can say so, what they want to so, do what they want, um, no criticism from their team, and that's what you're seeing.
0: And I think the media is doing them such a grave disservice. I mean, you know, the media is in on it. They want it. Um, but they're doing them such a grave disservice because it's no one is checking them. So I think they believe that they're in touch with the average American. But when you talk about slave reparations, you talk about killing a baby uh, shortly after birth, uh, you talk about a tax of 70 percent, uh, you talk about... Uh, universal health care uh, I mean ending capitalism the American people are not for that, are they?
6: No, but you're making a mistake in the sense that you think the media supports all this crazy stuff they don't really support it uh, the six companies that are running all of the information flow in America they don't want socialism they don't want Disney doesn't want. Um, Mickey to pay 70% of their ticket receipts at Disney World and Disneyland, they don't want that okay? but they have no problem embracing this crew because of Trump see if Trump weren't president if there were another Republican who wasn't quite as flamboyant I don't think you would be seeing all this but but because Trump's in the White House this has opened the door to madness madness so and, i'm actually uh, you're right I'm a, the american people don't want any of this and that's why this is actually helping president trump
0: so i am i am i am uh, in a way i'm thrilled that the masks have come off and they finally oh my, will just absolutely. say what they're actually for i think that's right. really good the right. problem though is bill if you're right that this is really about trump if Trump loses, if, if the economy goes down or if something happens during the election and he does lose this election, we then have a group of politicians. I mean, anyone so far that is announced will take us straight line to socialism. And if they control the House and the Senate and the White House, they will move on these things. And I can't it's over. It's lights happened. out in two years. I can't imagine you that say?
6: happening. I can I can see Trump losing,
0: but he'd lose to
6: somebody like Biden, um, not to somebody like Kamala Harris. Um, but you don't think I could you don't going, think Biden I mean, would move have, that ball? Um, but I, I I think if you look at the abortion poll, for example, after the craziness of Andrew Cuomo and the governor of Virginia, it just flipped. Uh, most Americans say, you know, enough. I'm not supporting any of this. And I think that's what you're going to going to see. And if Trump can discipline himself a little bit more, he's now, you know, really, really getting it now. But just float above it, and then run your campaign in a methodical way. Um, got a good chance to win.
0: I talked to um, some leadership of some of the biggest voices uh, out there today. Uh, and I don't want to it was private conversations backstage and so I don't want to say who said this but uh, they are concerned that it is going to be nothing but investigations and smears from here on out uh, and which will weaken people from the ability to be able to actually stand up and fight. Beck, I'm I'm going to give you two things
6: um, that I think you have to pass along to your CPAC pals. All right? Okay. Here's the first thing. And I said this on BillOReilly.com last night. If I were President Trump, I would tell all my children and any employee of the Trump organization to take the Fifth Amendment if called in front of Congress. That is not a fair and impartial body any longer. It is not a court of law, but you can be prosecuted if you yeah, if yeah, they can yeah. trap you into perjury. Do yeah. not say a word. Sit there like they did in The Godfather, and just say, we're not talking because we don't believe this is a fair proceeding. That'll shut down all of the hysteria off um, Cohen. Secondly, if CPAC does not organize a countergroup to the boycotters of Move On, Media Matters, Bonner Group, all of these people, they will lose the culture war. They've got to be an organized conservative group that can come out and say to Mercedes-Benz, if you pull your sponsorship because these people are threatening you on the far left, we're going to tell our people that you're doing it. There has to be a central organization from the conservative side in this country to fight the George Soros-funded groups that are yes. running wild, threatening freedom well, I will of speech t- in this country. Those I will tell things. you,
0: Bill, that I will tell you that that is already, I'm beginning to see that uh, already uh, in action. Uh, people don't know about it yet, but I, I see that force already um, in the in the late stages of gotta being happen. put together. All right, right, we're going to take, take a quick break and then come back with more Bill O'Reilly and Ted Cruz will be joining us as well. Now, a bit of the obvious as a reminder to all of us today one never lend or borrow money from a friend or family member (laughs) yes it never ends well two never discuss politics at your holiday table three keep your friends close and your enemies even closer let me add a fourth one never trust family or friends to sell your home really bad idea if you're thinking of buying or selling you got to have a real estate agent that you can trust one that knows the market one that does it full time hey i got my cousin schleppy he does this on tuesday nights yeah schleppy no i want a real estate agent i can trust and you can find one right now at realestateagentsitrust.com don't fall to the victim of owing it to a friend to sell your home go to realestateagentsitrust.com
1: back with Bill O'Reilly, of course, of BillOReilly.com, the purveyor of that wonderful site. You can subscribe there, as well as a uh, author of about 17 million uh, New York Times' number one bestsellers, including uh, Killing the SS, the most recent one. Uh, Bill, I want to get uh, your take on the Cohen hearings this week, because it was a big story this week, and I really want it to go away. He is now testified, I think, more times than he actually had clients in total. So (laughs) do you take anything of value out of what Michael Cohen did in front of Congress?
6: Not really. Uh, The man's out for vengeance. I mean, I think he's weaving a tale that has some truth to some allegations, um, but certainly it is tainted evidence and um, it will all go away when the Mueller report comes out. So once the Mueller report is released and that, Rumor is next week we'll know something that'll override Cohen. But as I just told uh, Beck, if the Democrats in the House continue to try to subpoena people to divert away from actually improving the country by passing legislation and wasting everybody's time with this stuff, this will never end. So all the people on the Trump team have got to say, it's not going to testify They'll go ahead, subpoena. We're going to win. We have the right to take the fifth and not say anything. And that's what we're going to do. So that would shut that down. Um, but do I think that Michael Cohen has any validity to the country today? No, I don't.
1: What do you, what do you think about the, the way the media has handled this in that? You know they treated Michael Cohen as you know completely untrustworthy and a man with absolutely no credibility through his the entire campaign. They mocked him constantly, which I think honestly uh, was the right thing to do because I never had any faith in Michael Cohen telling the truth about anything. But now he's suddenly the most credible man in America. He's basically George Washington uh, in front of Congress. Can you? I, I mean. It's almost impossible to to overestimate how disingenuous this stuff is.
6: But this is not a surprise to anyone that since um, President Trump took office, um, they've been trying to get him out of there. And, uh, you know, there's no downside to the Democratic Party to continue to accuse the president of the United States of anything and everything, every day, every second, every way. Because they'll so Bill, let me wear people down, which is what they want to l- do. Let me, may,
0: may I ask you this, Bill? Um, the one thing that uh, several Republican senators said during his testimony, and I found this so, uh, so interesting, um, and I'd love to hear your take on this. They kept saying, this is where you start? I mean, you usually start an investigation with somebody credible, somebody big, somebody that has something he had nothing and what he did have he had no credibility to present so is does this say something uh, about what they do have or or don't in reality
6: well, I mean you gotta feel that like Mueller, whatever the Democrats have Mueller knows about so that'll be put right. to bed this time when we talk a week from today we may have the scenario about Donald Trump and what he did or did not do but I'll tell you this, when I heard the Cohen stuff, um, and I didn't really take him seriously and wasn't gonna pay a lot of time to him.
5: Yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. Um, uh, when I heard him say, um, oh, Trump really didn't want to be president. He was just doing this for his brand, remember that? Yeah. Remember when he said yeah, that?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yes, yes.
6: That's a lie. I mean, I know that personally. I have I had dozens of conversations with Donald Trump about policy. Where he asked me tons of questions, and why would he do that if he didn't care and he was just campaigning to be president so, for his brand? Why would he take?
0: So let me ask you it? this: maybe, maybe um, because I believe the truth is somewhere in between. I think Donald Trump would love to be, would have loved to be president, wanted to be president, ran seriously as president, but also created the counter narrative in his own head. Um, That he was also just doing this as a raising of his profile, which would allow him to lose. And I'm not sure if in the end, I mean, he's he's not delusional. Uh, In the end, I'm not sure he thought this was a lock that he was going to win. So I could hear him saying to others, you know, uh, this is a big publicity thing anyway, in his inner circle. So when and if he did lose, he could say, I never intended on winning anyway. This is a win for us because that's the kind of world I think that he lives in. Do you think there's any truth to that?
6: Yeah, I think that's a look. I'm writing a book on him right now. Yeah. You can use okay, that. You I can know use how that. I demand you some could royalty, have easily sir. said that in casual conversation. Well, we don't win. Yeah. Look at our brand. We're the most successful yeah. uh, brand in the world now. Could have said that. Correct. But you don't, yeah. on the night before the election, get on a plane and go to Michigan, when your people have just told you the internal polling in that state shows you could win, but you got to get there for a midnight rally. So he gets on a plane and, come on. The guy, right. if you look at his schedule, his campaign schedule, it was twice as that of Hillary Clinton. He worked twice as hard as she did. So all of this stuff is what they call out of context. And, and in my research of the Trump history book, 90% of the reportage on Donald Trump is out of context, where there may be a truth and a kernel but they spin it into this big thing. And, and, and it's just so dishonest. Look, I'm not in business. The Trump book is not a pro-Trump book. There's stuff in there that, that people are going to go, whoa, I didn't know he did that. <laughs> but if you want to be honest, and I do, this guy has not got a break from the media or the Democratic Party once. Not Once since he's declared for the presidency.
1: Uh, I want to switch gears on topics here in just a second, Bill. But before we do, can you give us an outline of when the book is coming out? In September. In September?
6: Do you have I a title? I'm 2,000 words a day, Stu. Oh. Um, I got about 40% of it done. Research is churning as it, but it'll be out in September.
1: It'll be really interesting to read a book about Trump that doesn't come from the uh, I praise at the altar of Donald Trump or the I can't stand Donald Trump he's Satan viewpoint it, there's
6: it, never been one yeah
1: I don't think I've ever, I've ever I can't think of one that's for no, sure no there isn't any yeah all
6: right and that's, and that's out. what makes this book a bear to write is because when I go into the research I can't count on it being true can I give you a fast story do we have to yeah please back? yeah you got a couple minutes okay okay mm-hmm. this will I think you'll be very interested in to hear this so Remember that uh, headline, um, Best Sex I Ever Had, Marla Maples? Yes, yes. The more, one of the most famous headlines in American journalism history, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I tell you exactly where that came from. Really? But exactly. Mm. All right? But in order to do that, in order to get the person who is in the room, when that was given to the New York Post, I had to go through 15 different people. I finally got her. I finally got the woman. Wow. All right? Mm-hmm. Who heard it? <laughs> and, I, and, it's in, and the story's in the book. But it, it was unbelievable labyrinth. And the stuff that had been written about that headline was all a bunch of garbage. But you'll read the truth in the book.
1: i ah, looking forward to it in September uh, from Bill O'Reilly. Bill, we got about one more minute here. Can you give me a minute on North Korea, the, the breakup of, the, of the, uh, the, the meeting, as well as Trump's comments on Otto Warmbier, which are getting some criticism?
6: Okay. So Trump's negotiating style is to flatter the person he wasn't even thinking of poor Otto and his family. Mm. All right? Flatter, flatter, flatter. Ingratiate yourself. They'll be more inclined to see my point of view. He does that 100% of the time in, in negotiations. Okay, number one. Number two, he underestimated the psychosis of Kim Jong un. He's a psychotic. So he thought he could reason with the man. The United States put forth a lot of things that would have helped North Korea and UN himself, and UN wouldn't move. Trump learned a lesson. They'll squeeze him with sanctions. Down the line, the army will probably depose Un, and that's where we are.
1: Mm. Does it make you uncomfortable hearing an American president flatter a person like Kim Jong-un?
6: You know, maybe it it would if it were anybody but Donald Trump, because I know what the guy is doing. He's always done it, and he wants the deal. It's the art of the deal. So if he has to say BS about somebody in a flattering way, he's going to say it.
1: Just the way he does business, yeah. And, and he That's wrote about it. that in the Art of the Deal. Uh, Art of the Deal. I mean, he really—he's been
6: very successful yeah. in 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 that kind of a situation. But I feel bad for the warmBA family. Yeah, but but I can tell you, he wasn't even thinking about that.
1: Yep. Yep. Okay. Bill O'Reilly from BillO'Reilly.com. You can uh, get a, be a subscriber there and get his commentary every day, as well as uh, the book coming out in September on Donald Trump. We look forward to it. Bill, thanks so much for coming All on. All right, today. guys. Thanks. See you. All right. uh, We're going to have more coming up with Glenn at CPAC. He is uh, well, he's he's had all all these sort of step away meetings as we've gone through the show. So uh, and he's uh, I'm not sure who he's with now. He's talked about potentially might be talking to the the vice president at some point today, uh, as well as Ted Cruz, uh, who may be coming on here in a few moments. We're learning about the show today the same time you're learning about the show today. That's our promise to you here on the Glenn Beck program back in just a couple of minutes.
2: Listening to Glenn Beck.
0: If you've purchased a Liberty Safe, you already know you need to buy one of their big, beautiful safes, because you think you're going to have plenty of room, but no, you didn't, did you? Ah, uh you, you bought one, you got it home, you had it for about a day, and you're like, all right, I either have too much stuff in this safe, or I should have bought a bigger one, because You won't believe how much stuff that when it comes down to it, you don't want to lose in a fire. You don't want to lose your guns. You don't want to have your your prescription drugs taken by somebody in the family or stolen at night. Pretty soon that safe is all filled up. So check out a Liberty Safe, America's number one safe manufacturer. And right now you can find Liberty Safes on sale at your local Cabela's. Of course, you can always find the latest promotions at LibertySafe.com. Check out the video at the top of their Facebook page as well. It's the best thing you'll watch all day, I promise you. Well, I mean, besides this program, it's Liberty Safe, the best built safes on the planet. See all their deals at LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck live at CPAC right
1: now. We're going to be back with him in just a moment talking uh, to a bunch of guests. Uh is the website. Check it out. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It's Stu. Uh, Glenn is live at CPAC, and he's uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on there. He's going to have, I think, Ted Cruz coming up in a few minutes. Uh, before we get there, I want to do a little bit more on the wrap-up of, of, of this, of Cohen Mania, which apparently the media is very much involved in. They love Cohen Mania. There's nothing better than Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen is basically the most credible man who's ever lived. If you open up the Bible throughout, you will see Michael Cohen's name and picture You will see him as the the example when you go to truth-telling in the dictionary. No longer is there a story about George Washington in the cherry tree. Now it's Michael Cohen with the cherry tree. That is where we are with Michael Cohen. And some conservatives, if you believe this, occasionally will accuse the media of getting on a narrative and just going with it. And they seem like they're all sort of aligned, doing the same thing over and over and over again. No matter what media source you go to, they repeat themselves. They make the same points, the same observations over and over and over again. It's almost as if they're coordinating. Now, we know they're not coordinating. I mean, sure, there was a thing called the Journalist in which uh, a bunch of liberal journalists would coordinate and talk about these issues offline so no one knew about it until it was leaked. But that's not what's happening here. This is just everyone having the exact same point at the same time. Listen to this and tell me if you can find a common thread in this Michael Cohen
3: coverage. It's a very, very explosive hearing. Mm. Michael Cohen delivers explosive testimony.
6: Potentially
7: explosive. Explosive day here on the hill. His testimony Mm. revealing explosive.
6: Yes, it's explosive.
2: There
7: are some explosive claims.
2: Mm. Explosive
6: hearing. Today's hearing was
2: explosive. Michael Cohen's explosive testimony. (laughs) Explosive. Explosive. Explosive.
0: Mm. Explosive. Explosive. Explosive.
7: Explosive. Explosive.
0: As explosive as it
3: gets. Explosive testimony. Explosive testimony. Explosive testimony. That explosive testimony. Explosive.
2: Nine hours and we expect another explosive day of (laughs) explosive claims. That
0: is a rather explosive allegation. Truly explosive public testimony, Mm. pretty explosive
6: uh, material. One explosive revelation after another. Explosive claims.
7: Explosive allegations. (laughs)
8: Explosive testimony. (laughs)
7: Explosive public testimony. Explosive after his explosive.
0: An explosive
3: chain of events. Very explosive. I suspect it's going to become even more explosive.
1: I suspect it as well. Uh, The coverage of that explosive coverage from Washington Free Beacon... As they noticed that seemingly everybody thinks that was explosive. I don't know, was it? Was Michael Cohen's hearing explosive in any way? These were all accusations that were largely made beforehand, with the exception of a few second or, or third-hand reports that were solely based on Michael Cohen's word, which if you know how much, if, you, if you're following the currency markets on Michael Cohen's word, it's currently worth uh, zero. Zero dollars. Uh, so that is where we are with Michael Cohen. You know it's going down this road. I was, I was interested to see this battle between uh, – can we do the, the audio of the two NBC guests talking about Mark Meadows and Lynn Patton? Because Mark Meadows, a conservative congressman, uh, brought Lynn Patton, who is someone who works uh, – African-American, who happens to work for the uh, Trump administration. Everyone's calling Trump racist all the time. So there was a uh, a situation where Lynn Patton came in and, and, and was kind of a little bit of a character witness for the president, saying, you know, I, I deal with him all the time. He's not a racist. Here's what MSNBC had to say about the interaction.
7: On an auction block and say, look at my black yeah. friend. Mm. Look at her. That means that the president isn't racist was the epitome of racism are you serious is she the black ambassador for the entire race no because one person out of his entire cabinet out of his entire staff is there as a the black person that this is who you bring up the fact that he thought that that was going to be like a gotcha moment is incredible mm. to me it incredible w- it, yeah it w- well two things, Willie. First of all, it's important to put Mark Meadows into context. Oh, yeah, he's the that. man that said, and there's video for this, that we're going to send Barack Obama back to Kenya. That's what he said in 2012. So let's just frame it right there. So for him to try to mm. say he's not a racist or has racial insensitivity is ridiculous on its face. Secondly, as a black woman and as a Republican mm-hmm. woman, my entire life who served on that very committee that we watched on TV mm-hmm. yesterday as the first black person ever to work on that committee. on the GOP side. I was horrified and appalled at my party for not participating in in their constitutional duty to ask questions. And secondly, to bring a black woman out. Shame on Lynn, first of all, for agreeing to do it. But to bring a black woman out and have her stand there like she was on the auction block, thank Mm. you. And she couldn't talk, she couldn't speak, you couldn't swear her in. And there's this visual, exhibit A, American people, there's a black person here. And we have a black person who can't tell you what she thinks, will tell you how she feels. And that'll prove that Donald Trump's not a racist is the most ridiculous, ludicrous yeah. thing I've seen the Republican Party do in a really long time. All and right, that's, that's saying enough. A
1: lot. Uh, you know, it is saying a lot, isn't it? I love how if you are a right thinking African American, it is totally fine for you to tell the wrong thinking African American what they're allowed to believe, what they're allowed to do. Uh, because Lynn Patton has a lot of experience with Donald Trump, she doesn't think he's a racist and for her to be a character witness for him is not allowed because she has the wrong think for African Americans. She has the wrong way to understand how the world works. This guest on MSNBC has the right way. She knows what black people must think. She has determined what black people must think and is informing Lynn Patton where she can and cannot walk during a day that, but that's okay. That is completely fine. However, Lynn Patton can't speak up for herself and desi- decide to say, you know what? You keep saying this stuff about this person I've had a long relationship with. You don't know what you're talking about. She went on Laura Ingram last night and uh, made her case. Uh, here is Lynn Patton on Laura Ingram's program.
7: I was never there to represent my entire race. Mm. I was there to represent one man. One man who, by the way, has done more for the black community than the last probably three presidents combined i mean not only has he just created an urban council that's funneling a hundred billion dollars of capital through opportunity zones into urban and rural communities but he's also given more money to historically black colleges and universities than the last administration he's given more money for public housing than the last administration he's given um you know he just passed the most comprehensive prison reform bill in three decades and none of it matters lynn Nothing, none
1: of it matters to None the of left. it matters. No. Hmm. So, I, look, she, you know, there's a lot of things you could say about the president as, as, as with the African-American community. You know, the unemployment rate is historic lows. There's a lot of real positives there. I, I would caution a little bit here. There's a little bit of caution we should bring to this conversation. We've seeded a lot of ground over the last few years when it comes to these debates, particularly on identity politics. I, there's a lot of ground being seated in that comment. And Lynn Patton has the right to say whatever she thinks is most important. Uh, and, uh, you know, she wants to be a character witness for, for Donald Trump. That is completely her right. And you can criticize her on points, but to, to act as if as a black woman, she's not allowed to do that is completely insane. So to get that out of the way. That being said, I, as a conservative, do not want to walk down this line where we define whether someone is racist or not based on the idea of how much money they've given to giant government programs that I would argue are completely ineffective you know I don't want to get if the, if the standard is going to be well he created an urban council he created he's giving more money to black colleges he's giving more money to public housing these are not the this is not how you measure racism because a lot of these private pro- programs should be cut cut down Less money should go to them, not because we don't like African-Americans or any other race, but because they're ineffective and government should stop expanding. It should start decreasing in size. And we run into problems when we seed the ground of, uh, well, the only way to not be a racist is to dump a bunch of money into government programs. I think I understand Lynn's point here, which is to say, if he was a racist, would he be giving money to black colleges? I get that. However, that's that's a lot of ground to seed in an argument. And when we're supposed to be the party that's supposed to shrink government, uh, we want to make sure that, that that line is held and we're going to be in these constant identity politics debates for a long time. We better find out the right way to argue them. I will say this, when you get into identity politics and you run your party based on them as the Democrats do, you run into some issues. For example, Kamala Harris New uh, new material. She's running as a black presidential candidate. This is a big part of her identity. She wants you to know it. One minor problem here. She apparently is a uh, descendant of slave owners. <laughs> <Her> f- <laughs> apparently, and this is written up by her father, we are finding out in a, in a publication, Jamaica Global Online, he's a pro- professor at Stanford University. He talks about in an essay, he was a descendant of slave owners not slaves but slave owners not sure how that plays in the democratic primary but we'll find out soon 888 727 back is the phone number back with Glenn at CPAC I believe with Ted Cruz coming up in just a moment
0: The owners of Brickhouse Nutrition came to the studios and spent some time with me. And when you think Brickhouse, you think, Brickhouse Glenn, I mean, he is built like a brick house. I mean, as long as, you know, none of the mortar is really set and it's kind of spilling out out of the brick pants, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, the reason why I enjoyed meeting with them is they're entrepreneurs. They decided they would start making real, organic, all-natural, 100% food Food! If you don't want to eat the beets, you don't want to eat the broccoli, but you want all the crap that your wife says you have to have in it, that's where you need to go to BrickHouseGlenn.com. BrickHouseGlenn.com and get Field of Greens. It's made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, probiotics, all of it. BrickHouseGlenn.com. Get 15% off your first order when you use my name, Glenn. A better you awaits. I mean, look at me. I'm a BrickHouse. Right, Glen.com, Offer code Glenn. Welcome to John Miller, who is uh, who started as an intern, then became my assistant, then went to become a producer, then left the nest, and is <laughs> now has got his own show on Blaze TV, and you're the White House correspondent. Welcome to John Miller. I like that. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, John... Um, you just told me an amazing story. For anybody, if you're listening on the radio, John is black, uh, and uh, has been kind of. Well, I just have to alert them that you're black. Yeah, you do, so, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. You no, got woke I,
8: points for that too. By the right. way, I'm alerting. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> I'm alerting people of that because of the story that you just yeah. you just told me. So. We, we were at outside, we were in Washington, D.C. Who's we? Joel
8: Patrick, and I'm with Joel Patrick, who yeah. is here. He's decked out for you. It's a visual, which if you were watching, you'd yeah. be able to see. He has a Make America Great Again uh, beanie, also a Make America Great Again hoodie. Yeah. So you are uh, you know walking around D.C., you're not exactly uh, right. a favorite. But right. we, I was walking with this guy. We were going to get lunch and... In D.C.? In Washington, D.C., yeah. went to a food truck. There's a street and a bunch of trucks offer food to people. And uh, we went to one truck, waited in line for about 20 minutes, and the guy just ignored us completely and wouldn't look at us, wouldn't make eye contact. We were trying to get his attention, and Joel kept on saying to me, I think it's because of my outfit. I think it's because I'm wearing a Make America Great Again hat. And I was thinking, no. And about around 10 minutes, I was like, that can't be possibly it. Then 15 minutes, and then 20 minutes, the guy would not look at us. So finally, we're just like, okay, it was clear. he's." discriminating against us which is not a good look when two black guys are standing outside of a truck trying to get food i mean how very lunch
0: counter of this woke (laughs) (laughs) individual
8: and um and so we went to get a different food truck we went to get food from another food truck the minute we left they started serving other people and i was like the best person and we were trying to think oh it's not because he must be busy no the minute we went to another food truck he asked the next person what can i get you
0: so, how does that make you feel? By the way, hello, Joel. Yep. Here's how are Joel. you? Hey, how are you? Good. You're a you're an online <laughs> blogger.
8: Yeah, I just say social media personality.
0: Okay, all right, whatever. <laughs> uh, and uh, and how's that make you feel?
1: Well, I mean, I was offended. You know, we were there. We were going to spend money with him, and apparently, to him, it was more important to him that he exercised his political views yeah. than he made money. Which
0: it's amazing. I paraphrased in my speech this morning. I paraphrased Martin Luther King. I said. Judge me by the content of my character, not the color of my skin or the color of my hat. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we're judging people now by their half color. And it's incredible.
8: I mean, the people who are claiming we are the victims, the Jesse Smollett who are saying we are being victimized by Trump supporters, they are the victimizers. They are the one who are, they are victimizing yeah. Trump supporters. They are victimizing conservatives. And it's at the point where it's people wearing red hats who have to be careful in the streets.
0: So you guys are both, uh, you know, both a lot younger than I am. Only uh, a few years. Yeah. Uh, and um, we're, by the way, we're going to get to Ted Cruz here in uh, just a minute, if I can squeeze in Selita zito i just saw selena a minute ago um but uh what did what do you guys think is the problem that we have to address as americans what is the thing we have to fix uh
8: definitely abortion abortion i don't think you can make a justifiable
1: argument for why it's okay to murder a child Right. and they want to talk about how they care about the children in cages and children at the border Well, not why not care about children at the in the womb
0: right why not care about children
8: who and, have just We're left not the talking womb. about children in the womb anymore yeah. we're talking about children who have left the infanticide. womb infanticide and i uh, it's incredible and then that and, and uh, you know it's incredible that the democrats are not standing up for it i mean you know we should, we were at a point where you know most democrats would say well you know late term abortion third trimester you know we're against that let's not get crazy now we're at the point where they're not even standing against post-birth abortion, which you can even call it abortion.
0: John, you were with me when I was talking about, they're going to take their masks off and they're going to finally say, yeah, damn right, I'm a socialist. We talked about infanticide and how that's how Germany started it. Uh, and here we are. And it was only the babies who were unfit. You know, we're doing is right. the
8: babies who, you know, right. have issues Compassion that we reasons. exactly
0: compassionate reasons. And,
8: and and that's what they're doing now, which is just it's it's scary. Yeah. And we're at the point, you know, with the socialists in government where, you know, I, I was at the point where it's like, well, do we take Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Do we make sure <laughs> that I mean is she a joke? Do we make fun of her? Or No. Now we can't. She no. has power. She yeah. has them in her palm.
0: Yeah, even though she has those crazy hypno eyes, <laughs>
8: that, that might crazy. be what it is. That she's she kind like of hypnotizing the entire yeah. caucus I think with so. her eyes.
0: I think so. John, great to see you. Good Joel, to see you. great to uh, great to meet you. How do you follow you on Instagram? Uh, Joel Patrick underscore seventeen seventy six. Okay, good. And uh, John Miller, you can find him at the Blaze, Blaze TV. Blaze TV and uh, in the White House briefings, the the sane one in the White House briefings. <laughs> thanks, guys. thanks. Mike. Ted Cruz coming up after the break.
1: Uh, we have Home Title Lock here, right? Yeah, Home Title Lock is our sponsor. Uh, if you don't know about home title fraud, you need to know about home title fraud. We're talking about people who are stealing titles. They are uh, signing your rights away to your equity, your nest egg, your retirement. And they are able to basically steal it and then borrow against the equity. It's a complicated crime. I mean, it's been going they, on for a while. Me,
0: yep. If I may, mm-hmm. let me just break this down into my native tongue, sure. uh, Grand Cherokee. Mm-hmm. They steal them teepee. Oh, wow. That was deep. Thank you for that. Thank I you for that. I can say that because I'm 13 times more Native American than Elizabeth Warren. And that's so. actually true, uh, just it in is. case you don't know that. Uh, <laughs> if you want to uh,
1: protect your home or your teepee. Uh, make sure you go to com. Home Title Lock uh, is the only place that you can go to make sure you are protected against home title fraud. You need to be protected against this. It's one of the fastest growing crimes mm-hmm. in America. Get your free title scan and report, which is a $100 value. Free when you sign up at HomeTitleLock.com. Again,
0: it's lock.com. Glenn, you have uh, interviews coming up here? I do. Um, I, well, we have Ted Cruz, who is just, I'm just pulling him away here in just a second and sit him in the hot seat. We want to talk to him about his idea about El Chapo pay- paying for the wall, mm. which I love. Uh, we'll talk to him coming up in just a few minutes live from CPAC in Washington, D.C.
2: The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: We are live from CPAC. Ted Cruz is going to be joining us here in just a minute. Stand by. In fact, we'll jo- he'll join us in one minute.
2: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Just a few years ago, I wouldn't have imagined being able to unlock the code that could empower you and, and educate you on how to live a longer and healthier life. Go beyond Ancestry and discover the connection between your DNA and your sleep movement, caffeine consumption, muscle composition, the health, the things that I'm predisposed to get or pass on. All of that information is there. And the next step is you take it to your doctor and say, how can I live a better life? How can I do the things that I need to do to be able to be the healthiest me? 125 genetic reports on health traits and so much more 23andme just register your sample to your personal 23andme account and receive your personalized online reports in just a few short weeks buy your dna kit at 23andme.com back that's the number two three and me dot com, slash back 23andme.com slash back We just heard from uh, Mike Pence here at uh, CPAC, where I spoke earlier today. He spoke about the border. I, I, I'm i sensing the room really feels more about uh, socialism uh, today, but we have so many things that we must take care of. The border is one of them. Uh, and Another one is abortion that I hear a lot of people talking about as well. Um Ted Cruz has an interesting uh, plan for the border, and it's actually one I'm a huge fan of. I, I don't know how. I suppose this would still this would be totally legal, right? I mean, this would be the way that um, the way that Ronald Reagan intended the law of asset forfeiture, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ted obviously knows the law better than most people.
1: He'll be able to walk you through it. And my understanding is there is a window there if people would actually get together and vote. Uh, if you care about the border, El Chapo—a good reason why you should care
0: about the border. Right. Uh, it's it's a it's an interesting proposal, and and his proposal—he is walking up. He just keeps getting stopped by people. He is walking up uh, even as we speak. Uh, he his proposal is is that we take the assets of of El Chapo and get them to get the, use those to build the wall. Ted, how are you? Good to see you, it's brother. Good to see you. Uh, I we were just talking about. I love your idea of El Chapo paying for the wall. Love it. Well, it, it is simple common sense. It yep. is let's use
9: money criminally forfeited from El Chapo from other drug lords, the billions that they made illegally trafficking across the border, and let's fund and pay for the wall. Doing he that, can,
0: he could can pay really. His assets would pay for all of it, wouldn't it? Uh,
9: potentially. If we could track them all down and find
0: them, they would. How much do you think we could actually track down?
9: Well, where the idea came from is, is, is this is a little over a year ago when we were debating the wall, and, mm-hmm. and Democrats were complaining it costs too much. Right. Now, now set aside, I think Democrats have never in the history of the universe thought anything uh, costs too much. I know. I know. Uh, but... but at the time, the estimates for the cost of the wall were between 14 and 20 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. At the very same time, the Department of Justice estimates that El Chapo's global criminal net worth is about 14 billion dollars. And and so I saw a natural and even elegant yeah.
0: symmetry. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what asset forfeiture is supposed to right, be for. Right.
9: And 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 mind you, this is criminal asset forfeiture. Correct. It's not civil forfeiture, Correct. which has been abused many times. Yes. This is after, in El Chapo's case, he has ten criminal convictions. Right. And and look, it's just like if if uh, you know a drug dealer in Dallas has a Ferrari and he gets convicted of being a drug dealer, they seize the Ferrari. That's Correct. that's that's criminal forfeiture. Right. In this case, El Chapo's got a lot more than a Ferrari, yeah. and there's a justice to using the billions that he made trafficking across our border illegally to prevent the next narco trafficker from doing the same. So,
0: Mike Pence was just speaking here and he just said we are going to build the wall. Mark my words, yeah. the wall will be built. You agree with that?
9: I, I do agree with that. It, it, it is going to happen. We're going to get the job done. And I, I commend the president for standing up and leading in this area.
0: How is he going to do it?
9: Well, so there's a lot of focus on the emergency declaration
0: and your stance on that is well
9: let's take it one at a time okay. i don't know what's going to happen in the senate on that yeah. it, it 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 is going to be a vigorous discussion the next yes. couple of weeks yes but but the good news is regardless of what happens on that the wall is going to be built why so the president said and dhs said they need five point seven billion dollars mm-hmm. well let's do a little bit of math and i'm sorry i know math is terrible for radio so <laughs> i know that's I, so, all right so, but, but let's do a little bit anyway Congress appropriated 1.4 billion dollars so available, free and clear. Nobody disputes to build the wall. That can build about mm-hmm. 50 miles worth of wall. Beyond that, the president has announced that he is going to take about 600 million dollars in drug forfeiture money that he has and use that to build the wall. That takes you to 2 billion, and nobody disputes. He has clear, mm-hmm. indisputable legal authority to do that. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, there's a second provision. It's called 10 USC says section 284. Yep, yep. That gives the Defense Department the ability to to expend funds to stop narco traffickers, to mm-hmm. stop drug trafficking, mm-hmm. and in particular, and it explicitly says in statute to build fences and border barriers. And so that's in the U.S. code.
0: So why are we why are we even debating this national emergency thing? Why It is, it...
9: It, it is a very good question. The the fund that 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 statute applies to has about 4 billion dollars in it the administration has announced they're going to take 2 2.5 billion from that so that takes you to about four point four, four point five. 4.5 if they took another 1.2 from that fund we'd be at 5.7 we'd be done and you wouldn't need a penny from the emergency declaration that's causing this big fight
0: how do you feel about the emergency declaration
9: I, you know At this point, I'm still I'm reviewing the legal authorities. I'm reviewing the arguments from the administration. Um, I agree that the border is a crisis. Uh, I've seen it firsthand. You and I have been down on the border together. It is a crisis. People's lives are being taken. And all of the Democrats and media folks that are saying, "Oh, it's not a crisis. It's not a big deal." They claimed it was a
0: humanitarian humanitarian crisis when Obama was in. It
9: is. Yes. That being said, as you know, I'm a constitutionalist. I believe yes. every president, yes. Republican or Democrat, has to follow the Constitution and follow Correct. the laws. So I'm studying the, the, the laws carefully on that. And we're having right now in the Senate a vigorous debate. My hope of where we end up in the outcome is, number one, we build the wall. And we get every penny of the $5.7 billion that the president says we need to build the wall. But number two, I hope we don't set a precedent Amen. for the next Democratic president to Ted, abuse executive power and declare emergencies you know on they will. global warming and gun control and health care and, and, and
0: what have you. So I was just talking to Bill O'Reilly last hour, and he said, I said, Bill, we are on the edge. Everything that you've talked about, everything I've talked about for the last 15, 20 years, it's here now. And we could see a socialist yeah. president yes senate and uh and house and they'll take it they'll they will shut it down it's their turn <laughs> uh, they believe in what they're talking correct. about correct and and they're and they're that
9: nutty i mean right. what what has happened to the democratic party is is both frightening and really dangerous for this country. It's not it's good for one of the two major co- parties in this country to get so extreme and so out of touch with, with, with the American
0: people. I've never seen anything move so fast. If we don't get the destruction of life, with yeah. with yeah. we're not talking about abortion yeah. anymore, yeah. we're talking about infanticide. Yeah. We don't get that right, the creation of life through yeah. AI, yeah. and the socialist right. thing, it's lights out. Look, the Democratic Party, they are now the party
9: of late term abortion and infanticide. They are now the party of open borders. Not only do they oppose securing the border, they're now, their presidential candidates are saying, tear down what border walls we have. And abolish ICE. Abolish ICE. They're now the party of socialism and
0: 70%. Uh, tax. tax rates, right? Plus they're, reparations. Now they're talking about. They're
9: seriously n- talking about reparations. They're now the party that chased Amazon out of New York City yes. because they didn't want twenty five thousand jobs, and and then they attacked Amazon on the way out the door. This is unhealthy. This is extreme. You take this Green New Deal, which every one of the Democratic yeah. presidential candidates yeah. is falling all over themselves to support. The Green New Deal, it's incoherent on its face, but if you actually take it at face value, it would ban every airplane on Earth. Mm -hmm. It would ban every automobile on Earth. It would kill every cow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But beyond that though, if you actually read the bill, which I know you have, it says clearly to change our financial structure and our system to a system that is revolved around social justice. Well, that's the end of capitalism. That's the end of the free market. And, and
9: look, all of this is driven fundamentally. The Democrats are a party of hatred right now. The unifying theme in the Democratic Party is they hate Donald Trump, and that burning, blinding emotion has driven out common sense. Has driven out reason. Everything is justified because Trump.
0: Yeah. That's dangerous for our country. It is. It is. Ted, great to see you. Great Thank to see you very much. All right, back in just a minute, live from CPAC. You know, when you think of me, you probably think, my gosh, that guy is probably as handy as Mike Rowe. (laughs) He can take care of my home. Yeah, actually, no. uh Uh-uh. That's that's a, a very common misunderstanding about me. That's why I have filter by. Filter by. The easiest thing a homeowner like you you know, or like me, could do. You make sure your air filter is clean. Check it to prevent heating units from working harder than they already are. Sure, I know that's easy for me just to do because I do it all the time. Or I forget about it and never do it. But with FilterBuy, I change the filters because they just magically appear at my door when it's time to change the filter. It's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. It's the greatest God, I love this country. It's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com.
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to it. It's Stu. Uh, Glenn is live at CPAC. We're going to be joining him here again in just a couple minutes. Uh... There's some big news, and I think you're going to be very excited to hear about it. You've been looking for someone to vote for. And finally, you have Jay Inslee. Mmm. I know I'm excited about the future. Jay Inslee is the uh, governor of Washington. He has jumped into the 2020 White House race today. And he is running a race. He's kind of running one of these one-issue races. He's seen as the climate guy. The guy who's going to prioritize climate over everything else. And I guess he thinks you know th- we see these these races run every once in a while. If you go back to uh, I think it was 2008, like a Tom Tancredo, remember him and and Duncan Hunter both ran as kind of a m- mostly talking almost exclusively about the border, and that was their big uh, their big issue. So, you know, a lot of people called it a one issue campaign. I think you can make the same argument about about Lindsey Graham in 2016 who basically, I mean, he never had a chance of winning, but he wanted to talk about Middle East uh, relations and war issues and defense issues. They weren't at the top of everybody's mind, so he gets on the debate stage, he gets to bring those things up. That seems to be what Jay Inslee's doing here. Now, he's a governor of a state that's usually a good path to the White House. It's much usually, historically, a much better path to the White House than trying to do it through the Senate or the House, only recently, obviously, we saw Obama win from the Senate, uh, Trump obviously winning from a sort of a celebrity status. But before that, you had you know, Bush. was a governor. You had Clinton was a governor. Reagan was a governor. It's a it's a good path to get to the White House. Typically, Inslee is the first governor to enter the race. And that's somewhat notable. But his platform, I, I just don't see how it works. Uh, he wants to accelerate a to tra- uh, a one hundred percent clean uh, clean energy and net zero emissions uh, economy, with plans targeting electricity, transportation, buildings, industry, and agriculture. Now, even if you're going to run on this, you've kind of had the wind taken out of your sails because ocasio Cortez has already proposed the new Green Deal, and that's essentially what Inslee is is running on here. But one of the things you'll never they like never like to cover in the media is how important climate change is to americans you know they all say we're going to die within 12 years the earth is over within 12 years we're going to it's it's a it's a non-stop uh, horror show of fiery floods if we get past a decade or so and that decade always stands pat wherever you are in the timeline it's always a decade in the future there's still enough time to act so you can give us all of your freedom to do this. But if it's not too much time, you better do it right now. Act now. And it's, it's an infomercial pitch is essentially what it is. But he wants to do this. Listen, even with that infomercial uh, pitch, what is the priority of global warming in the United States? And you're not going to be surprised to hear it's behind the economy. Healthcare and education. Uh, so it, well, and also terrorism. So you have economy, healthcare, education, terrorism, and then social security and Medicare. So you have those uh, economy, healthcare costs, education, terrorism, social security, Medicare, and then, of course, the poor. And then the environment. So there you go. Well, it's not the. It's not global warming. It's just the environment other than global warming. They're specifically broken apart into two categories. So no part of the environment would actually be global warming in this particular poll. So it's behind the environment as well and behind immigration. Now stop for a second and remember that the emergency, emergency declaration talks that we've had over the past uh, few weeks have largely been based on the Democratic side, not because of uh, executive power, which are my concerns uh, of it, and whether it's constitutional or not. They've been talking about how the cr- there's not a crisis on the border. Well, the American people quite clearly think immigration is a larger crisis than global warming. and poll after poll after poll after poll, after poll they rate it as a higher priority. So after immigration, finally you get to jobs which is so it's it's economy healthcare costs education terrorism social security medicare poor and needy environment immigration and jobs and finally of course reducing crime and drug addiction but then of course then the budget deficit and then race relations and then the military so that's it you have economy Healthcare costs, education, terrorism, social security, Medicare, poor and needy, environment, immigration, jobs, reducing crime, drug addiction, budget deficit, race relations, and the military all ahead of climate change. Oh, and one more thing also, transportation. You know, I got my Ubers are taking too long to get here. Oh, and then also global warming. You know, I've noticed there's not a nice bike lane for me to get to work. Oh, and then also global warming where are the cup holders in this car and also global warming this is how low this is for a priority for the american people it's not even in the top three or four for for democrats so maybe this will be effective to bring this issue to the table but it's kind of interesting as you look at the sort of plethora of uh, issues we're seeing now from the democrats are they going to be I think they connect with the American people. I, they're running this race like the socialists, many of them are. And while that's good for honesty and it's good for the American people and voters to know it, I don't know how it's a winning strategy for Democrats. I think they think Trump is so unpopular that they can run anybody and win. And I don't know if you recognize this approach, it's called Hillary Clinton 2016. That, <laughs> this was the entire theory behind Hillary Clinton 2016. Hey, you know what we can run? Anything. Put Hillary up there. She'll even win. And eh, she didn't. So this is a very risky strategy um, being thrown out there right now. We still don't have Joe Biden in the race, but we have now 13 people in the race for the Democratic nomination. Now, the Republicans last time got to 17, so there's a little room to grow Biden, we do expect to come in. There's been reports that he has offered jobs now to people in New Hampshire and Iowa. We do expect that in the next few weeks. I still expect Beto to get in. A little surprised he's not in already, so maybe that'll change. There's a few other names that have been tossed around uh, that still might jump in, but we could get up above the 17. One other thing I want to point your uh, attention to from the Jay Inslee uh, campaign pitch, and I know this is probably the only time we'll ever talk about Jay Inslee, so let's get this out of the way. One of the things he is prioritizing is potentially the biggest risk that comes out of this election, which if you think about it this way, if let's just say any one of these Democrats wins the presidency in 2020, it's possible Uh, I don't know if the odds necessarily favor it. I mean, you know, if you look at the betting markets, they think there's about a 65% chance Democrats are going to win in 2020. Now, we've seen the way these things work out. They're not always right. We're way too far ahead of this election for any of this stuff to even be mildly uh, influential in the way that you're thinking. But as of right now, they think that's certainly possible. And in any two-person race, one of the two can win. That's what makes this so dangerous if a socialist runs. If people are just thinking, ah, well, I don't want to vote for Trump, whether it's because of the economy or they just don't like the guy or whatever it is, you could get a real leftist coming in. If you go down this road and you say, if a Democrat were to win in 2020, in addition to that, there's no way they're going to win the presidency and lose the House. Like That's not going to happen. They already have the House. Most likely, they would expand their advantage in the House, which leaves you with the Senate. Now, it's a very it's a fifty three forty seven Senate the way it is right now. Democrats have a slight structural advantage going into twenty twenty. Republicans had a big advantage in in twenty eighteen. Uh, so the, big, the you know this bounces around. There's six year terms. So sometimes you're defending a lot of seats that are already red seats. Sometimes you're def- you're going after a lot of blue seats. This one is one of those situations where there's a lot of purplish states that have Republicans as senators that are vulnerable. So let's just say, I mean, again, it would be very unlikely the, the Democrats would win the presidency and not take over the Senate. That gives them control of all three. And you'll say, well, they still, can, they still have the filibuster to stop anything. They, they're not going to get to 60 votes, which is true. They're not going to get to 60 Democratic votes. Here is one of Inslee's main focuses. He says one, uh, one of the top priorities of his run is to kill the Senate filibuster. Democrats will embrace this if they get in and have control of all three. And they will pass sort of their wish list of craziness. So get ready for it. Uh, One of the big wish list items when it comes to uh, the Green New Deal and the Democratic candidates are trains all over America. They want to go back to the 1900s in the worst possible way. The early 1900s with trains everywhere everywhere. We'll show you how ridiculous that is and how bad it gets
0: coming up in just a moment. It's the Glenn Beck program.
2: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
0: A leading social media company is going to end a market research program and proactively take its VPN app off app stores. This is happening now in the wake of backlash from critics related to, you know, no big deal. It's just how that VPN app collected device usage data. This is why you need Norton Secure VPN, because Norton is the easy-to-use and virtual private network app that encrypts your connections, it's password-protected, it's for public Wi-Fi. It's for everything. So your information, when you send and you receive while online, it's safe from cyber criminals, including other places that have VPNs. Norton Secure VPN. Get it right now at norton.com VPN. Protection starts at about three thirty-three dollars a month with an annual subscription. It's norton.com vpn
1: Glenn is live at CPAC in Washington, D.C. We're going to maybe play some of his speech coming up. You can also get it online today at glenbeck.com or theblaze.com. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It's Stu. Glenn is live at CPAC in Washington, D.C. One of the amazing things we're seeing right now is this sort of popping up of socialism in a time where you're seeing the results of socialism so clearly in Venezuela and other places. And I always find that to be very strange, how something can become popular right at the moment it's being shown it's a failure. Another example of this is the Green New Deal. Part of the uh, literature around the Green New Deal includes this, totally overhauling transportation by massively expanding electric vehicle manufacturing building charging stations everywhere, and building out high-speed rail at a scale where air travel stops becoming necessary, create affordable public transit available to all with the goal of replacing every combustion engine vehicle. Now, I can't even describe... I don't even know. There's not even a number of trains that would... No, there's no number of trains on Earth that could make air travel uh, stop becoming necessary. (laughs) It's just... Air travel is better than train travel in every way, in almost every single circumstance. Um, But it's amazing to see that now they're pushing for high-speed rail all over the country, while at the same time, sort of the the marquee attempt at giving high-speed rail to an area that can use it was already approved many years ago and is in the middle of one of the most catastrophic uh, collapses in public history. In California, they promised a high-speed rail to take you, I think it was from, what, Los Angeles or San Diego all the way to San Francisco? And we've seen it's become a huge disaster. I want to walk you through how this has gone so far with Eric Christian. He's the executive director of the Coalition for Fair Employment. Uh, Eric, welcome to the program.
10: Good to be with you again, brother. Greetings from uh, the People's Republic of California, where no dream is too big and no cost is too great to achieve that dream. <laughs>
1: it's true. Whether the dream is a nightmare or not is not is not material in this particular conversation.
10: It's about the intention, yeah, absolutely.
1: Eric has, has been basically the guy uh, who has been fighting against uh, this train from the very beginning can you take us kind of through how this thing started and all of the cost estimates and take us through this story because it really is an amazing journey
10: well just to be clear i have been a guy fighting this not even close to being the guy there are a group of uh, farmers and uh, citizens down in the central valley that have really uh, been fighting this with their wallets with their uh, daily you know lives devoted towards uh, stopping this government grab of their land, of their businesses, um, fighting it in violation of the law that was passed by the people of California in, uh, you know, 10 years ago that approved an initial $10 billion in funding for the concept of what would be known as high-speed rail, taking people from San Diego to San Francisco and 3.2 3.2 seconds. Uh, actually, it was about two hours. Um, it passed narrowly, and since then, it's been all downhill. Uh, it, it's, it's basically been all downhill since then. And what we have now is a project that has grown from what they estimated we have would be about $60 billion. It's now uh, approaching $100 billion. We know it'll be much more because all these projects always are, as studies have shown and what we're finding out is happening is it's receiving in just the past two months it's received three significant um blows the first was the gridley warren uh report that showed that instead of actually paying for itself the reason you don't have any private investment which the authors promised there would be if we approved this is because they understand there's not going to be, uh, this isn't going to be a money-making operation. And sure enough, this uh, Grinley-Warren report shows that, in fact, it's going to have to be massively subsidized because nobody's going to want to sit in a train for nine hours from Merced and head over to the Bay Area or from Bakersfield to the Bay Area, spend nine hours of their day on a train um, doing that. Nobody's going to do that. And since they've already admitted that it's not going to be going from San Diego, let alone Los Angeles, up to the Bay Area, they're starting it in the middle of the Central Valley. Because who doesn't want to take a train from Madera to Fresno? I mean, that, that's mm. really where the population of California is, right? If you look
1: at travel books, um, I mean, that is the ultimate dream of any traveler. That trip to... Talk about
10: the uh, ultimate California dream, right, <laughs> up the Central Valley. Yeah. But nobody's going to want to do that. This report showed that it's going to have to be massively subsidized, which is in violation of the law that was passed. The second thing that happened um, was that Governor Newsom, as liberal as he is and as far left as he is, he had a moment of honesty in his State of the State speech, which, when he which which he called to question the whole concept of a San Diego to San Francisco line, said, "Look, let's be real. This isn't going to happen." There, there aren't the resources for it. It's already massively over budget behind schedule. So let's just finish up what we've started and then we'll see where we are. Well, he immediate, immediately got blowback from the trade unions, which have a project labor agreement on this, making it a union-only project, of course, because of course. nobody benefits from government largesse like special interest groups do. They know how to latch on. And in California, there's nobody at the tit of government like labor unions. They, they really uh, take the cake when it comes to that. So they gave him some blowback, and he was forced to backtrack a wee bit, but he did have a moment of clarity there. The third thing that happened was on February 19th, the Federal Railroad Administration sent the state of California a letter saying and listing out in four succinct bullet points exactly why they were revoking their cooperative agreement that they had with the state in, because it's violating uh, the law that was passed by the people in any number of ways. Um, it, it's, it's over budget. It's behind schedule. It's not, in fact, going to adhere to the time, uh, the timeliness that it said it was going to get people from place to place. So they're essentially taking almost a billion dollars back now and threatening to withhold it four days from now. Four days from now, um, California is going to lose that billion dollars that's very much needed just to keep the current that they have going, going. So uh, these are three big blows to something that, again, was initially approved by the voters because it sounded really super, yep. sounded really super duper. And uh, it's gone downhill since then, because as we've learned, you know, in Texas, you're doing it the right way. You're doing it with private investment where you have market forces being brought to bear that cuts out the nonsense and, and the lying and forces people to have to be accountable. Here in California, we're doing it where it's a government-only project, and it's give, it's getting government-only results. You know, it's like the DMV and the post office on steroids, and the results are predictable. Mm. So that's kind of where we are in a, in a nutshell. And by the way, most Californians are shown opposing this now. Of course. In the state is as liberal as California is, Most people oppose the project now.
1: Of course. And this is the problem with the, with the with the way that this happens. You know, 51% of people vote for something, whether it's realistic or not, and it gets approved. I mean, going back to this, because I mean, the, the, the initial approval had certain requirements that had to be met by this train. I think it was two hours or so from San Diego to San Francisco. Uh, Correct. They have now admitted, right, that there's no chance that that's possible. Uh, they they also said it was going to cost about $60 billion. It was just $10 billion when they voted on it, but then it was $60 billion. It's not, it was then up to $100 billion, and it's going to be even higher than that. It was promised that there would be no subsidizing once they got the thing built, we now know it's not going to pay for itself. There's been no private investment that was, uh, that was uh, promised. It, it seems like California writes these, these laws and these, these uh, initiatives, and they think if they write it in the form of a law, it will become reality. Like there's some magic trick that happens to physics when, it be, when a legal thing is passed, and the state says it's going to happen. That mindset is got to be just killing uh, the budget of California.
10: Well, my 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 wife has a saying. Um, my wife uh, commands five Air Force Squadron, she's a colonel, and she 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 you know is in charge of a lot of people who are the tip of the sword right now in the fight against terrorism. And she has not a lot of time for bovine scatology when it comes to BS, as we like to call it. When it comes to uh, you know, it's it's we need to get the job done. How do we do it? And one of their operating principles is you know, okay, you have a plan, you have a step that you wish to take, but what are the second and third and fourth order effects? What What is going to happen as a result of that? You know, don't just say we're going to do this and this is going to be achieved. You have to understand, you know, when they plan this, do you really think the airlines are not going to adjust their fares in, or, and lower them in order to keep the market share that they have to right. keep people from riding trains? There was no assumption of that based in the model that, these, that the government created in developing this. And that's the problem with government planning, is there's never any understanding of second and third order effects. There's never any contemplation that the market will somehow bend and adapt to try and keep their market share, in this case, the airlines or or car makers who are going to still want to sell cars in the state. Um, And and, and all of their assumptions, as soon as, you know, pen is put to paper are out the window because they just aren't based on reality. They aren't based on real market realities. And that's what's so frustrating um, about, you know, living in California, is as I kind of quipped when I opened up your segment, you know, no dream is too big and no cost is too great to achieve those dreams. And it it, it, it really is uh, – you know, it really is the fact.
1: I, I one thing I don't understand, and you mentioned this before, that you know, look, it's approved largely because it sounds cool. Ah, it would be cool to have a cool train, and we could tra- we could take that up the coastline. That would be, be great. Fun, yeah. But I mean, I, I, I they're fine, right? But like, if you watch the documentary series Back to the Future, they go on a train in the one they go in reverse in time. It's 1885 when they're on a train. We have planes. We planes get you faster from a big location to another big central location. Cars get you faster and buses even get you there to a specific location more efficiently. This why this obsession with trains, this old technology, that yes it moves a little bit faster than it used to, but it's still tying two, you know, set locations to each other when populations move. There's very little you can do about it except spend another $100 billion to go to the new place. It it just is completely inefficient, and we have this weird fascination with trains.
10: Isn't that weird how progressives seem to always view the future as having to go back to 19th century technology, be it Solar or be, well, in Solar's case, let's uh, early 1 BC technology.
3: Yeah,
10: uh, wind wind power uh, trains. It's it's very very strange. Uh, newer technologies to keep give us power we need, like nuclear, which would do away with essentially CO2 output. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have anything to do with that. Nope but they want us to be on solar and, and wind, which if it's cloudy and there's no wind, you're in trouble. Yeah. And when it comes to transportation, let's be honest, and this is getting, you know, from a more macro 30,000 foot level why, the question why. And I really think at the end of the day, it's about control. It's about wanting to control people's movements. The automobile really ushered in an area of freedom. It's only been about a hundred years where this has been something that humans have been able to do because our country's so large it's been unique to America in the sense that we really have these vast wide open spaces that we're able to travel around freely you know it's like for the line from Red October where uh, where um, you know the captain is speaking to a second-in-command and he's talking about when they defect you know he wants to live in Montana and he says uh, you know uh, I, I want to travel from state to state. No papers required, right? And 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 uh, and uh, Ramus, the 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 captain played by Sean Connery, goes, no papers needed, <laughs> yeah. because in, in in the Soviet Union, of course, they needed papers to travel everywhere. And I think the left ultimately it's about control and trains. You control your point A mm. to point B. Of course, the second and third order effect question is. Okay, when I get to point B, how do I get to where I'm going? How do I get to my house? How do I get to my place of business? That
1: helicopter? It really is amazing. I, I, that's a, I've you know, Eric, I've never thought of it that way from a control perspective. That's really interesting. I wish we had more time. We're out of it. Uh, I want to get, you know, we should also at some point get uh, just talk again about what the Trump administration is trying to do, taking back a bunch of this money as well. Uh, but we'll get into that next time. Eric Christian, the executive uh, director of <laughs> Coalition for Good Fair Employment and Construction. Thanks so much, Eric. Bye. Right. Bye. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. That is a great point. 888 727 Beck is the phone number. We're back with more of the Glenn Beck program in just a moment.
0: Do you remember the good old days when all you needed was one simple password? Yeah, half the time... I don't even know how to get into my iPad. I, uh, hey, good, I've been logged out somehow or another on Instagram. What's my password? I hate passwords, and now they're saying that if you don't have a password that has at least 20 random mixed characters, here's what you can do. Yes, you're going to have to change your password, but you can protect yourself also, make it a little more difficult, by having LifeLock. LifeLock is is the group that has been around forever. They practically invented this industry to make sure that no one could steal your identity or any of the information that you have going on online. Now, nobody can protect all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock uncovers the threats that you might miss on your own. If you join today, you're going to save 10% off your first year by using promo code BACK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com and use the promo code BACK and get 10% off. You know, I, I know this is going to make
1: the authors of the Green New Deal a little bit upset, and I know it's controversial, but you need to remember that trains suck. They, they, they suck. They're, they're ancient technology. Why do we want to go back to them and build them all over the place for these ridiculous costs? It's like, you, you could, planes are faster. The, the prices are, are, are about equal for a lot of this stuff. And it's like, I don't understand the fascination with trains. We always want to spend billions and billions of dollars on trains. Why? I had to ride trains in New York. They're not that glorious. They're not that spectacular. If they hadn't already been built, they would never be built now that we have airplanes and now that we have cars. And people say, oh, well, uh, we have to have some way of mass transportation on the roads. That's what buses are buses can go from one place to another and you know what if the population starts to move they can just change it they can just take turns with their wheel and go to the new place oh well buses they're just gross i mean i don't want to ride a bus oh i'm sorry mr elitist you don't want to ride a bus because trains are so nice i with a with the hundred billion dollars you save from not building the train you can make the buses nice You can plate them in gold. You can put a coal-fired pizza oven in each one that serves delicious, fresh pizza on every trip. You can have Taylor Swift pop out from behind every seat and give you a neck massage for $100 billion. There's a lot of things you can do. Oh, there's homeless people on the bus, and they smell. Make the buses disposable, and you'd still save money. One use and throw them away, and you'd still be ahead of the game. Where are all these homeless people want drugs? Give them drugs, then! It uh, trains are terrible, America. You're listening
2: to Glenn Beck.